We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. AutoZone presents the Rev Up Your Refund Instant Win Game and Sweepstakes. This tax season is the one way to get the most out of your money. Enter at AutoZoneTaxTime.com for your chance to win $30,000 or other great cash and gift card prizes. It's the perfect way to power right through tax season. So visit your local AutoZone and get the most out of your refund. Let's get you what you need. Terms and conditions apply. For official rules, visit AutoZoneTaxTime.com. Get in the zone. Coach K, yeah, back you know, surgery. Has back surgery. Um, Which coincidentally, it was apparently the problem with Costa's back was acting. <laughs> You've never seen Dio Costa and Coach K in the same room. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, I apologize for being absent last week. However, I think we made up for it for uh, a little bit of new content we put out over the weekend. Uh, at least an idea for content. So the content hasn't quite happened yet, but that's just reminding me of something else I need to do today. It's good <laughs> to have you back. It feels like it's been months since I've spoken to you. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, the FA Cup will make it seem that way. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> only thing that took longer than the FA Cup weekend was the NFL Wild Card weekend. Ugh, uh, that was absolutely brutal to watch both of those. Yeah, it was like watching. Um, it, was, it was like watching someone do a really complex origami, except without the payoff at the end, with a beautiful animal or some beautiful shape at the end. Yeah, it was just like a circle. 
Yeah, it, it was like watching someone do origami for a really long time and get it completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that covers the FA Cup. Now, uh, we are going to review today uh, the Premier League fixtures from game week 21. Uh, and we also want to get to our, you know, potentially an idea. It, 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 got, it got some people in the industry talking or what should I say? One person in the industry talking. Um, but basically, uh, if you play Taka Perfect 11, stay tuned later on in the podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, how much weekly fixture you should use in your Perfect 11 versus just a set core of stars. And I have one opinion and Andrew has another and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's whip around the league on Saturday, January 14th. It was Spurs 4, West Brom 0. Uh, there was very little in the way of surprise here, Andrew. I watched this entire game from front to back. Uh, it looked like Tony Pulis tried to hold the ball for a little while it's in terms of his team uh solomon rondon i don't think touched the ball more than six times in the game <laughs> as the lone striker but spurs really just took the took the hammer to to west brom and uh harry kane got got three uh and it was it was just a total demolition from beginning to end yeah it was really ugly i mean all of the if you looked at the stats um they did not lie in this game uh spurs 73 percent possession they outshot uh, West Brom 21 to three, including 11 nothing on goal. Hugo Lloris didn't make a single save. Tottenham created 18 chances and West Brom created one, um, and that's why it was four nothing. Yeah, I, you would say like four goals. Oh, the goaltender probably didn't play very well, but Ben Foster was by far the best player for West Brom <laughs> on the pitch. He was actually very good. He made eight saves. Eight saves. Yeah, one uh, one of the goals was an own goal. Um, thanks to, Gareth, I believe it was Gareth, Gareth McCauley. Yeah. yeah. He um, had a terrible game in general. It, yes. He, uh, I think it was, uh, it, at one point it was both, uh, Danny Rose and Kyle Walker on his side uh-huh. <laughs> as the two wingbacks on the same side. And they just, they, they torched him left and right. He was obviously identified as the weakness. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is kind of amazing because they were also starting Jonas Olsen in place of Johnny Evans. But, um, yeah, this was um one side that was just totally overmatched i was a little surprised only because um speaking with chris uh owen on friday for the for the preview podcast like i kind of expected the west brom attack to have a little more bite just because they had been showing that and while i didn't think that they were going to like go in and score multiple goals at, at white Hart lane it was um it was still just such a muted performance because tottenham just dominated every facet of this game yeah, and strategically, it looked like it looked like Chris Brunt, who is one of the two players that could actually create something in terms of crossing. He was pinned back in his own third, defensive third, playing left back, and he had no chance of getting forward. And then Matt Phillips actually was the sole chance generated, the sole the sole shot kind of close to target. Yep. It went about a foot wide, but he I mean he was the only other person that looked like creating anything. And Solomon Rondon, you know this he has a couple of skills and creating his own chance is not one of them. So it, it, when you, when you have that kind of a lineup, you've got to play long ball and they didn't really do that very well at all because they barely even touched the ball in the game. They beat, they being West Brom. West Brom. So, yeah. and by the way, by the way, Jonas Olsen, does he look more like a tennis star from the 1970s <laughs> totally. <laughs> or, or the lead singer of a heavy metal band from the 1980s? Mm, little, uh, Tommy McNamara, if you will. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, Tommy McNamara's hair is, Anyway, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. Yeah. You were going to say. Brunt, um, 
I mean, we, we always talk about Brunt because of his ability to move forward. And because he wasn't able to move forward, um, Pulis actually pulled him after uh, like 50-something minutes. Like he somehow, he was the one is is dis- uh, recognized as the problem. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, everyone you would have expected um, Tottenham to, you know, contribute did. I mean, we had, uh, obviously Kane had the three goals, but the assists were Deli Alley, Christian Eriksen, and Kyle Walker. Um, you know, and, and, if you, and if you count the own goal, Erickson got two assists because he is he is the one who shot right. that went off of Macaulay. Yep, yep. Uh, Erickson and Rose each created four chances, um, and then Kane, Ali, Wanyama, Kyle Walker uh, all had two. So I mean, um, you know, it, like we said, it was everybody that you thought. The only the big uh, thing that came out of it was Jan Vertonghen uh, suffered an ankle injury, and um, sounds like he's likely to miss some time he's undergoing scans and it's one of these he's probably they, they play man city next uh next weekend and he's highly doubtful to play that one and they said you know if there's ligament damage he could be out a few months so maybe we see eric dyer they played kind of a back three and not kind of they played a back three um on saturday and i, I assume dyer will stay at, at center back if yeah if yeah is out. remember last year i was saying that when they attacked you know, they was really more of a three of three in the back system because Eric Dyer dropped back, which allowed Musa Dembele to support in the middle up front. And I think they just kind of got they kind of leaned into that and they just said, no, screw it. We're just going to do three at the back all the time. Yeah. And I think as a pressing team, that's really what they, they, they flood the midfield and they have the, the multiple outlets up front so that uh, so that they can get the ball and, and keep it in the final third. So. This could be a big injury in that regard because if if they have to bring in someone like Kevin Kevin Vimmer, yeah. uh, you know, to play that third center back in that system, it's going to be hard to hide him. So, um, some I mean, they they may switch back to a back four a, and try and go that route, but then you're really going to put a lot of attention on Victor Wanyama not getting yellow cards and red cards <laughs> as yeah. a shield. Yeah, Vimmer didn't even make the the 18 on on Saturday. He uh, got. Um, passed over for your boy Kieran Trippier, who DNP CD. But anyway, I'm just I'm, I'm going to tell you this: every time that Kyle Walker does not play and Kieran Trippier does, when we get to our perfect eleven challenge later, I'd be stunned if you didn't use him there. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's just more out of spite than. Yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> you also beat me in a head-to-head matchup on Taga due to Kieran Trippier yeah. one week. Yeah. Just throwing throwing that out there. He's done nothing but help you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you refuse to accept his greatness. All go. right. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, further greatness, uh, let's go over to Tom Heaton and his five saves in a shutout effort with Burnley taking the one nil victory from Southampton. Uh, we, we've said it before the FA Cup and it continues after the FA Cup. It's a blunted attack at, at best. And Shane Long is not leading the line now. Uh, they really miss Charlie Austin up front. Uh, Jay Rodriguez, obviously, that experiment was short lived, at least for now. Uh when you lose one nil to Burnley, Burnley <laughs> didn't offer much in the way of attack. They scored on one of their few chances. Um, it, it's it's got to be pretty embarrassing for Southampton at this point because the, the one thing you could count on was that they would be solid defensively shaped, and Burnley they're not going to challenge your shape much, but they still got one past you. Yeah, uh, Joey Barton of all people too, um, who was usually on the assisting end of things. Yeah, um, or being sent off really. Um, but the yeah it the Southampton attack uh, has has yeah been pretty stunted for a while. I mean they 
they did have Dusan Tadic play with uh, James Ward-Prowse, so we've kind of like left with who's going to take the corners, and I believe it was, um, I believe Tadic took him. Tadic finished with seven crosses and seven shots, but none of the seven were on target, which is kind of an impressive number for not getting any on goal. But um, yeah, Heaton, I think this, the more surprising thing about Heaton for me was the five saves. Like I didn't really expect Southampton to put that much forward. So, um, you know, the, you know, it was a huge game from him. And I kind of joked on Twitter on, on Saturday that of course it's, it's going to be Joey Barton who makes Tom Heaton, the huge DraftKings uh, goalkeeper because he got the win and the clean sheet. But um, yeah, I mean the, uh, the heat and train rolls right along, right along. Yeah, it's and there's no slowing down right now. Uh, it, it looks like the the heat and train has no brakes. Yeah, so it's it's full it's full speed ahead, and it, I for one could not be happier. <laughs> of course, uh, I also do not anticipate Joey Barton to continue to score goals or to jo- or for George Boyd to continue assisting goals. Even though I love George Boyd, <laughs> yeah, I have George. I started Boyd. I mean, I've had him most of the season, but I started Boyd in uh, uh, EFSA, um, which is both. Um, embarrassing and it's just embarrassing yes that's correct. <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not better i started demarai gray in my forward position so it's not like i had much to do uh, it's because oh, Cal- oh, boyd was my utility spot actually i started batshuayi because i have nobody else to the uh if, 20 if, team, if anybody's 20 curious team. what a 20 team league looks like yeah that's it <laughs> yeah my, my my forward i depend on is callum wilson who was left off left on the bench in our follow in our next game we're going to get to which was burnmouth one traveling to hull who put three past burnmouth uh, in a offensive explosion led by abel hernandez returning from injury to get two i remember asking you when we were doing our rankings is abel hernandez going to be in because i would rank him yeah and i said no and, yep and uh, i I, 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 I think I proved, I proved my point. Now, one thing we do have to take into account was that, you know, this is the first game without Nathan Ake, correct? Because he went back to Chelsea. Yeah. They put Tyrone Mings in the middle. Yeah. It, he scored. Defend. He did score uh, against Burnmouth, yeah. which is not what you want from no. a Burnmouth defender. So uh, it, it, I don't think that partnership will continue for very long. Uh, it did not work here, and Hull is not one of the better offensive clubs. Um as far as goal scoring, uh, it was Junior Stanislas, as we, as you would kind of anticipate, and, and it was it, Ryan Fraser, correct? I picked him up, I believe, in Taga, and I think in both of our leagues, uh, and he got he got the assist. I, ha- on I have him in one. Yeah, okay, I so I, I picked him up in the Taga Premier Division, then one of the two. I think in the Taga, yeah, it was a pro- the Taga Premier Division because I made three additions this week. Would you like to hear what those three were? Well, it sounds like Fraser was one. Fraser was one. Aval Hernandez was the second. Oh wow. And Peter Crouch was the third. Oh, wow. Good job. <laughs> yes, I did very well there. Um, all right, but Al Hernandez got to one from one of our favorite young players, Andrew Robertson, uh, the usual suspect, uh, Robert Snodgrass. And I don't know why Tom Huddleston is still in the league, but he he, he does show up here and is a thing still. So What did he do? Uh, he got an assist. Uh, oh, on the own goal. Right, right. On the own I don't know why he's still in the league. I got to be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, Charlie Daniels, who I started uh, in a couple of leagues, getting negative points. It's it's damaging, right? And it was a surprise. I think more surprising that Hull scored three more than that. Burnmouth only scored one. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, a phobie got international clearance, which is why he was available. You know, that's why he started. He he'd scored in his last match um, that he was eligible to play in. So clearly. Eddie Howe wanted to get him back in there, but 
yeah, he lasted 55 minutes before um, Howe went to King and Callum Wilson, actually. I think he pulled Frazier as well. But um, the the it felt like Howe was just getting a little too cute. I mean, Callum Wilson is his guy. I think Wilson usually takes penalties, too. I think that's the only reason that Stanislas was able to, to get it. But Stanislas actually had a pretty poor game overall. I mean, that the penalty was his only shot of the game. Two crosses didn't create any chance. Or I'm sorry, one chance created, like... Um, he was the one that surprised me the most. I mean, Snodgrass was what we expected from him. You know, a few shots, a bunch of crosses, and happened to pick up an assist. Although, even his assist, like, was it was one of those well earned ones where he passed to Hernandez, who then dribbled thirty yards on his own and then had a great finish with his left foot. But, um, yeah, I mean, Snodgrass, we kind of have come in comparing him to. Gilfie Sigurdsson and, and to a lesser extent Dimitri Payet because of the fact that he's well, by far the best player on his team. Um, yeah, and, and speaking of, I mean, he's been subject to to yeah. transfer rumors. I mean, West Brom have reportedly offered close to ten million pounds. Same thing with West Ham. I, saying, I think West Ham offered three million, which uh, yeah, which is a joke. Yes, <laughs> um, and then and then again, I think West Ham, I think West Ham and West Brom are closer to the ten million pound range for uh, for Snodgrass, which. It's got to look pretty attractive at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, you would think. I, I believe he's out of contract um, at the end of the season. Uh, and, and Hull did not look like they're making a, a charge. To yeah, stay that's, in the it's one of those that, like, the um, there's no way they stay up without him. But if they don't stay up with him, are you really going to lose? You know, is it worth holding you, on? You, lo- you lose the transfer fee because exactly. no, every team knows that you're going to try to get rid of him and the price goes down. Hence the three million pound bid for from West. Correct. Yeah, the uh, I don't know. He they they can't afford to be without him. It's kind of like Sunderland with Jermaine Defoe. That no matter what the bids are, uh, there's likely not going to be one that's going to be enough to yeah. to warrant. But I mean, I th- both of those destinations would be pretty nice to a pretty nice landing spot, especially at West sure. Ham. Yeah. If Pyatt is if they get Snodgrass, they could move Pyatt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He makes more sense there. I'm not sure. Um. Like I was uh, talking about this with uh, Kevin Swanson, who writes our Fando article, and Luis Pacheco, and Luis was kind of like, I'm, he, you know, he's still not sure if Snodgrass is actually good. Like, if he would be good on a team where he's not, where he doesn't get as many touches as you know, like, does he need to be the center? And if he does need to be the center, like, that's not going to happen on a good team because good teams have better players around them, and mm-hmm. so. We're just not sure how good Robert Snodgrass actually is, or if it's just kind of like a volume by situation. Um, yeah, it could. Be. Yeah. 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 Well, you mentioned Jermaine Defoe. Let's talk about him and Sunderland now. Uh, similar, similar, uh, similar fate to Bournemouth. They, they at least, but except at home, they lost uh, by a score of three to one to Stoke City. As I referenced before, I picked up Peter Crouch. He picked up a goal and assist. He's on fire, by the on way. Fire. Uh, Marco Anatovic, a little more surprising, did score twice. Charlie Adam. Of course, he gets an assist and a yellow card. <laughs> Arnautovic uh, should have had a third too. Yeah. It, 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 either way, I, it, I think I think only four people have scored for Sunderland, or is it still three? Because Jermaine Defoe is obviously one of them. And uh, but Donald Love picking up an assist was kind of surprising. Um, Yanazai is the biggest. The, the, him and Ward Prowse are two very tempting young players. You're like, oh, I should probably take them. They're young, they're talented, they're in good situations, and they never perform. Yeah, I would I would definitely put Ward Prowse on a higher level than Yanazai, although I guess the equalizer is that Yanazai plays all the time as opposed to uh, 
to Warpouse. Uh, we are at four players who have scored for Sunderland. Yeah. It, it's oh god, but uh, Sunderland. Uh, that's exactly. I mean, this would have been a perfect day for Stoke if not for Jermaine Defoe. That could be the tagline for Jermaine Defoe's career. It would have been a perfect day for the other team if Jermaine Defoe didn't score. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just total domination by by Stoke, which is not something you expect to ever say, let alone when they're playing on the road. And I mean, I know that that Sunderland are pretty poor, but. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen them play fairly well at times this year. I mean, overall, I mean, if you look at the stats, they're they're pretty close. I mean, Stoke led 14-13 in shots. Uh, Sunderland actually had a little more possession, 51%. So they created 9 and 10 chances, you know, respectively. So, like, the scoreline, um, you know, doesn't... The scoreline is much different than the underlying stats. But, I mean, really, Sunderland, there was... I mean, Stoke dominated this game. Like it was, it's weird how the most of the stats show that they didn't. But um, you know, when you go out three um, nothing in the first half, I guess it was three one. Well, three nothing early, and then Defoe had a had his goal late in the in the first half. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, where is this Stoke team usually, or is it just that they were playing a horrible team? Uh, yes. Okay. Bingo. Okay. <laughs> Not playing horrible teams. That's where they were. Okay. Okay. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is this is like the what we expect to see with all the you know all these players that we know. Um, naturally, Jordan Shakiri basically did nothing, um, at least in a in counting stats way. I mean, I think he did. He have one of the. I think he had a, a hockey assist on one of them, um, which happened to be you know it was like a great long ball, but you know you don't get any credit for that. Um, yeah, you don't you don't get secondary assist credit here. Yeah, I was actually looking. I was trying to open DraftKings. Looks like they have an internet outage right now. Mm. Um, but I was I, I, one of the things that I was looking for from this game was I was trying to look at the past of Arnautovic versus Shakiri in terms of scoring when they were both playing at the same time. But I feel like when one of them plays, they don't do very well, and if they both play together, only one of them does well. Um, it's possible, I guess. Is it uh, because one is half the size of the other? <laughs> Maybe, but it, 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 it's just it's the talent that you see on Stoke. It's just it should be blending together, and it just isn't. I don't understand why it isn't on a more consistent basis. Maybe it's Peter Crouch being at the tip of the of the attack, but let's be honest: how long can that last? I think they're gonna find try to find out. I mean, you wouldn't pull him now, so no, he, 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 may, he, yeah, he may suffer from Andy Carroll syndrome soon. That's funny you say that because Big Sam compared the two of them just today I about know. how you know they're big, but the pe- people kind of dis, uh, dismiss them because they're so tall and always hurt. But no, nah, he didn't really say that. But um, he thinks they're much better than just tall guys who can happen to head the ball in. I mean, Andy Carroll's a little better with his feet than Peter Crouch, but Peter Crouch, Crouch does is have also a... like four inches taller, isn't he? I mean, like Carroll's big, but like Crouch's, is, is it just that he's so skinny that he looks even taller? <laughs> yeah, he's more big birdish. Right, right. All right, uh, let's go on to Arsenal, who uh, it's it's funny. Bob Bradley, what, wasn't his first game against Arsenal as well? It was. And he had a nice a nice moral victory in a, in a defeat? Yes. Bob Bradley did. Uh, not the same for Paul Clement. No. 
uh, no moral victories in this 4-0 affair. Arsenal, I think at the half, it was only – I think it was even scoreless potentially. They, did they get all four goals in the second half? Uh, no, they uh, – Or they got one they before got one the half? They got one in the first. Yeah, Giroud scored and then looked like he was injured and then ended up staying on. And uh, yeah, those – and then a pair of own goals, later. and then throwing throw a pair of own goals, and you get a four-nil affair. Yeah. Swansea defensively looked like a mess, as they usually do. Um, it, it looks like it wasn't really Bob Bradley's fault, uh, as we never anticipated it was. But <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think any manager is digging Swansea out of this hole anytime soon. Uh, if Paul Clement does, he deserves manager of the year. Uh, but this this is a, this is not a good situation, and they are a sinking ship that's sinking ever faster, um, taking on additional water every single game. But for for Arsenal, the two guys you expected to score scored in uh, Alexis Sanchez and Olivier Giroud. I anticipate that to continue. Uh, if you count the assists on own goals, it will be got two, and Mesut Ozil got one. Ozil? No, that can't yes. be right. Yes, Mesut Ozil is credited with an assist at least on the official game's website. Like I said, if you count the assists on own goals. But there are two own goals. Yeah, and one and of the, I think Wobie one, got both. I think one goal one goal is unassisted. Oh, sorry, yeah, one goal is unassisted. I think that was Sanchez's goal. Both both goals were unassisted. They were both putbacks. And then Wobie had two own goals. Yeah, I, I Ozil I, definitely I, shouldn't have one. Because I was going to speak about Ozil, how... Um, I was in a Twitter conversation this week, and uh, one of the things that um, we've kind of stressed in in the podcast that we've had with Jordan Cooper of just kind of, you know, certain strategies when it comes to DraftKings, and one of them is, you know, you should usually try to focus on the set piece taker from the biggest favorites, which in this case is Mesut Ozil, and Ozil is like amazingly, an amazingly low floor player with fairly limited ceiling uh despite being this like set piece taker for arsenal who are usually favorites and this game kind of showed why like he doesn't take a lot of shots very very few open play um crosses and frankly not even a lot of corner you know crosses from corners um and like so he's like you know barely on the fantasy um on the fantasy chart for points but you know Arsenal won four nothing, so like you would expect somebody the number ten in that game to to have like a huge impact. But um, more often than not, he just goes so quiet. Um, and this was kind of like one of those situations where they they don't really need it. Uh, I mean, fortunately in this game they didn't need him, yeah. right? But I mean, the the point remains that. You know, it's like the I would equate it to like the Cesc Fabregas syndrome, right? You're chasing assists with Ozil mostly, yeah. And assists are hard to chase, yeah. Because a really good assist year is ten, right, right. And I mean, I mean, Fabregas kind of shattered that one last year with what was like seventeen. Two years ago, right? Two years ago, sorry, with yeah. like seventeen. It was something like but, that, yeah. But that's the exception, right? Yep. Uh, we've been saying this for, for, for years now, and you know that that's the danger. I mean, if you were playing a game that doesn't credit you handsomely for chances created or for crosses, like Ozil is going to be a tough a tough person to to count on in your lineups, yeah. like for the official game, for yeah. example. Ozil had 19 last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it um... – Again, these are exceptions. Exactly, exactly. If you, I mean, if you, and if you anticipated back to back nineteen assist years, uh, you are dreaming. <laughs> right. The uh, I apologize for 
who was also in this conversation about Ozil, but they kind of referenced how he had that hat trick in the Champions League against Luda Goretz. And it's like, uh, you know, obviously Luda Goretz are, you know, they're great in Bulgaria and Swansea are terrible oh, in England. I, I was going to say that, you know, I, the people who are saying that probably don't know what country Luda Goretz is oh, I'm from. I'm sorry. Um, you ruined it. So, but in Swansea are terrible in England. So the, you know, whether you can, you think they're equal or not, like the, Ozil's just not a goal scorer. So like expecting uh, even one goal out of him, uh, you know, doesn't make sense. And so when you're looking at, you know, these fantasy situations, at least on DraftKings where, you, where um, you know, you need crosses or shots or, you know, he just doesn't contribute that much. Um, I actually um, tweeted something out yesterday after the games were done that uh, I believe Arsenal have now sent in the third or fourth fewest crosses in the Premier League which, um, you know, it's just the way they play. They just don't cross that much. And so um, usually crosses are, the, are are a big foundation of fantasy points on DraftKings, and they just don't do them. Yeah, I mean, they like to pass. They, I mean, as we've you, – you've known this as an Arsenal fan. They like to pass the ball around the 18-yard box. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't – a lot of crosses that does not lead to. Yeah. I uh, would uh, – uh, speaking of Bradley, before we move on to another game – um, Bob Bradley was interviewed by Grant Wall on Grant's podcast called Planet Football and um, kind of goes into Bradley's always been a very um, he doesn't really hold anything back he likes to be really truthful with everything and he kind of went in uh, and talked about some of the decisions that he made that ultimately not that ultimately got him fired but basically that um, you know the Swansea defensive situation is just such a mess that you know, one game he'll he'll start two guys that play well, and then the next game they get slaughtered. And so, um, good listen if anybody cares to hear Bob Bradley's voice anymore. Um, not me. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's move let's move on to a game that I won't talk too much about. Uh, I did just want to mention one thing. Um, I mean, it's Watford nil, Burrow nil. Uh, it it was a terrible game to watch. Um, one thing I noticed when just like you know scrolling through you know average points per game on Taga is that Brad Guzan is one of the leaders. And, uh, you know, given that Burrow, I believe, are fourth or fifth defensively in the Premier League this season, um, taking their goalkeeper when, you know, you, if, if, if there can be a budget option there might not be a terrible idea. Victor Valdez in this one got a five save shutout. So um, I tore Karenka's team. He, he sets up to, to, to be uh, defensively well shaped first and then they'll, they'll score second. Um, yeah, they I'm so bitter about Valdez because I had him on FanDuel and then switched at the last minute to Darren Randolph. But um, as much as this game uh, was awful and should have ended 0-0, um, Watford definitely had chances. Uh, there were a number of, uh, like if you look at big chances missed or whatever it is, like I'm, I haven't looked at those stats yet, but uh, there were a number of times where they had shots in the box that that ended up in row Z or, you know, 12, 12 feet outside the, the uh, goal. But like they, they definitely had looks in where they should have converted that you would, you would expect premier league players to be able to convert. So while it ended nil, nil, like Watford had control of this game, at least from a, from an opportunity standpoint. Yeah. It, which I mean, Etienne Capoue finally slowed down by somebody, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, had, he had a decent game actually on at least DraftKings, eight crosses, two shots. So, um, but yeah, they just don't, I mean, ugh. you just have to hope to contain him, And that's, that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's what Burrow did. That's right. 
All right, uh, let's go on here uh, to West Ham 3, Crystal Palace nil. The Big Sam revenge game did not go the way Big Sam not wanted. So, not so revengey. No, no, not very revengey at all. Very well put. Uh, Manuel Lanzini, Sofian Faguli, and Andy Carroll, the goal scorers. I'm sure the Andy Carroll one must have hurt Big Sam in a very special place. Um, and Great Mikhail, goal. Great yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah. Mikhail Antonio, who needs Dimitri Payet, right? Yeah. Mikhail Antonio picked up the slack with all three assists. Uh, my Iesa team thanked him. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a great day to be Mikhail Antonio, especially with Chelsea watching, wanting to at least challenge Victor Moses for the right back spot. Yeah, yeah. The uh, when I was editing, uh, Skylar Redpath did our DraftKings article this week, and he included Antonio, and I was like, man, I, thinking to myself while reading it, like I'm not gonna tell him who to pick but i was like i just i'm not sure i see it and uh he was rather convincing i didn't take it and antonio was awesome so skylar great great call on that one the um i just uh you know let's not get too carried away here crystal palace have been absolutely horrible and um big sam clearly has no idea what to do uh, it's early, bring, but, right. but don't worry they're bringing carl <laughs> jenkinson in so yeah, <laughs> I mean, Big Sam, just like with Paul Clement in, in in Swansea, I mean, it is early for, for both of them in their tenure. So, you know, give them a little patience, more patience than one game. I, I kind of made a joke at, at Paul Clement's expense, but it, Swansea's Big Sam's had a few games, though. Yeah, it's, like worse I said, it's, it, you, you, again, you, you want to see improvement, but I mean, yeah, I, 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 I would see why that the heat should start to mount for Big Sam, but I mean he's Big Sam. The heat takes longer to to get the surface coated evenly. Oh boy, um, I showed a, the Andy Carroll highlight to my wife, and she was like, "That looks like a video game. Like humans can't do that. Like really." I'm like, yeah. "This, this is a human." The he's athletic, the athleticism you are seeing on the field is vastly underrated in every sport. Yeah, this well, one, that's that's true as well. So these guys are very good at what they do. That's why they're professionals and you're just a fan watching. Right. That's right. So uh, I, there's you, really not much else to I say. I was going to say, do you actually take anything away from this game in terms of West Ham? Like, would you look at them and you're like, maybe they will be okay without Pyatt? If Mikhail, well, I don't, no team is going to be better without Pyatt. I'll not better, put but okay. I'll, I'll, put it, I'll put it that way. I mean, if Mikhail, I mean, so people are going to figure out, hey, you may want, you may want to put a, a man on that Mikhail Antonio guy, make sure he can't, you know, either create a goal or to score one at the back post with his head. Like th- those are the two things that he can do. Yeah, I I would have said, I mean, before this game, um, I would have said that without Pyatt, uh, I wouldn't be like shocked if they were legitimately like relegation fodder. Like they, this team, in my mind, was really bad without him, and uh, it totally, I like completely changed my mind because of this game. Yeah, really looked just... awesome. Although there's all the well, there was all this talk that um, he was going to move, move to Rome, but I can't imagine that they do that now if they actually sell Pyatt, who uh, the last I heard they had rejected a 22 million pound bid from Marseille. Um, but I mean, if I if I were West Ham, I'd figure out a way to get both Cresswell and Masuako on the field at the same time. I guess. I mean, they. I don't, I don't clearly neither of them is that comfortable 
on the right side. So that's, that's really what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. Mikel Antonio's kind of taking that position, right? Uh, that, that's that's his. Yes. So, like I said, getting them both together on the left side, you know, one can cover for the other when the other goes forward. That would be, I think, a really good system with responsibilities at the back too being covered. Anyway, that's just that. That's what I take away from that game, really. Okay. All right, let's go on to Chelsea three Leicester nil. Another game to not take much away from. Uh, I mean, because you know the same question could be asked, right? Are Chelsea going to be okay without? Diego Costa. Uh, Diego Costa. And, I mean, against Leicester, yes, they looked okay, but Leicester this year is not Leicester of last season. So, yeah, the um... – uh, and, and Marcus Alonso scoring twice. Again, that that's not something you're going to count on every single week. Oh, you don't think that's going to happen every week? Um, Bold the, stance. Yeah. Uh, the, speaking of Costa, though, like this wasn't a one-game – like this one like i'm gonna sit you for this game so you learn your lesson like it sounds like there's a very real real chance that it's gonna be like games before he comes back Um, well i mean rumor has it he's returned to training already well uh, his teammates are gonna force him to apologize yeah well that's so the the last i heard um is that he hasn't returned to training because they haven't had official training sessions yet like they got yesterday and today off today's monday so maybe he goes back to on Tuesday and that basically Conte doesn't want to talk to him that he, he has no interest in like clearing the air and that Costa basically needs to like prove himself on the training ground, which if uh, anybody who has been a long time listener to this podcast can uh, knows that Mike's opinion of training thanks to Patrick Bamford means nothing. But um, it sounds like there's like the, the, I, the possibility that Costa comes back soon, I think is not as high as everybody thinks it may be. Well, I mean, start losing, and we'll see how and see how quickly that happens, right? Well, I mean, I mean I, next week Chelsea play Hull. If they're not, I mean, let's right. be honest, the heat's not on. But if it's they like start a Mike Shashevsky benching Grayson Allen for one game when they play, you know, the North Carolina School for the Blind, and then brings them back when they start playing North Carolina. Well, yeah, didn't they lose a game? Uh, yeah, they Grace lost that Allen? one game. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's fine. And then, and then, of course, conveniently. Uh, Coach K yeah, back you know, has back surgery. Um, anyway, t- Which coincidentally, it was apparently the problem with Costa. His back was acting up. <laughs> We've never seen Dio Costa and Coach K in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> let's, 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 just, let's just call it what it is here, right? That's right. Um, <laughs> all right. Insane theories, one. Regular theories, a jillion. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go back to the game here. Um, yeah. So Lester uh, still stinks. Without yeah, without two of their best players, they still stink. We did get to see uh, Wilfred Ndidi, who um, is not uh, great. He's not, he's not terrible. He's not terrible, yeah. I, <laughs> that, that, I guess that's all you can say, right? Um, all right. He's not all in Golo Conte. All, all three forward players combined for to have a hand in all three goals, Hazard and Willian getting assists and Pedro scoring once along with Alonso's two. Thibaut Courtois, not really called on much, uh, but he did, uh, he did make two saves. Oh, Um, Oh yeah. If you're looking for a save on the Leicester side, you won't find one. Nope. So it wasn't like Chelsea just like, just, you know, you know, knocking down the barricade here. They just, they were just very clinical, mm-hmm. and that, that that that's been a that's been a symptom you've seen all season with Chelsea. Very clinical on their attacks. Yeah, I mean that's kind of why they're in front, right? It's 
part of the reason. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are starting to run on a show, and I want to make sure that we have enough time for our discussion about Taga. So let's move on to the Sunday slate, shall we? And the big surprise, Everton 4, City nil. Yikes. <sighs> um, it was Morales, Lukaku, Davies, and the new boy, Lookman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barkley getting two assists is the big surprise to me. Um Probably future Man City's uh, Ross Barkley. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Seamus Coleman and Morales also grabbing an assist to go along with his goal. Yeah. He looked. Uh... Man- Manchester City. Well, I mean, I just want to talk about City for a second. I mean, what I see is a city that a city that's trying to do the Pep Guardiola press, but they don't do it very well. And uh, that, that, that that's me running out of show a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, but uh but for for Manchester City, they, they try to press, and they press really hard, but they just can't seem to get the ball back. And when they don't get the ball back, uh, bad things tend to happen because their defense can't cover for them. And that's partly due to the big, the large gap and the attacking gap that's in between the yeah. midfield line and the defense line. But it's also due to the fact that one-on-one, they are just not good defense. Yeah, I think that's ultimately what it is. That um... I think it's a two-stage thing. Right, they're forced. They're they're forced into a lot of one-on-one defending opportunities, which is as a good team you shouldn't have. But then, secondly, if you do have that, you should have defenders that can cover one-on-one, and they also don't have that. <laughs> uh, yes, I think you you got that correct. Lee. Yay! All right, chalk that one up for me as well. Uh, but uh, what's more sustainable to you, Everton's high-flying performance or Man City's really, really bad performance? Um, if if we hadn't if we hadn't seen Man City play poorly like this before, like not that they're getting blasted, but like they, it's been a while. Like uh, Kevin De Bruyne looks awful, um, and he has for a while. I, you said he hasn't scored a goal since mid-September. Is yeah, that September seventeenth is his last goal. Um, he did miss time in there. Um, not not enough for that to matter. Um, I mean, we we never really looked at him as like this, you know, twenty goal scorer, but. You know, we weren't overly shocked if he was going to like hit ten. He was at uh, at seven last year, but um, yeah, it's been um, fifteen games since he scored. Not good. No. Uh, Joel Robles also made four saves as well in the shutout. So yeah, big big uh, performing. I Martin Stecklenburg. I was just about to say we've seen back? some big Everton goalkeeper performances against uh, Man City. Yeah, Stecklenburg was hurt for a while and uh, was on the bench for this one. But um, is he getting his job back? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you pull a guy after he he blanks um, Man City um, with four saves, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Stecklenburg was playing really well. It's not like um, yeah, but but I mean, so was Willie on when Pedro took his job. I mean, it, Fair. These things just happen. I mean, it, uh, what was it? Uh, you can call it the Drew Bledsoe. Uh, who was the original of this in football? It wasn't he was for Joe Montana took over for someone who got injured and never got the, I, I, Steve I'm, Young the other way, I think, wasn't it? I'm sorry, say it again. Wasn't it Steve Young taking over for Montana and then they shit Montana out? No, no. Well, Montana's at the end of his career, but then, but there was a famous quarterback who got this besides for Tom Brady, who got like the star because someone was injured and never got the job back. Anyway, I'm just uh, I, I know uh, the name Wrong is football, on Mike. Wrong football. Okay, let's get let's get back let's get back to this football. Let's get to the big rivalry game of the weekend, which I got to be honest, it wasn't. I mean, I wanted more out of it because Manchester United and Liverpool are such bitter rivals, and they did play to an entertaining one-one affair. And 
It was James Milner with a penalty and Zlatan Ibrahimovic being Zlatan Ibrahimovic at the end of the game, who loves to score, by the way, in big rivalry games. Yeah. I think he scored in every single one he's played in. He, yeah, the the first game, the first matchup of this, or first game of this matchup earlier this season was nil-nil. That was just awful. Um, so it was nice to at least see some goals, even if one of them was a penalty. But um, there was an interview with uh, Jurgen Klopp afterwards, just basically saying that for 75 minutes, they did exactly what they wanted to do and just hadn't, weren't able to keep it going. And then obviously Ibrahimovic scored, uh, I think it was an 84th. So um, both teams look great. I mean, United, I think is now, is it 14 or 15 games unbeaten, which is... Um, you know that's a pretty impressive run, uh, and yet they're still sixth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I get. Uh, it, it's it, it got overshadowed because Chelsea didn't weren't not only were they unbeaten, they were they were not drawing either. So they would still gain two points on a lot of the weeks that United that United right. continued their streak. Right. Yeah, United um, actually have seven draws this season, which um, is the second most in the Premier League, which is kind of a zany stat. But yeah, yeah I mean uh, nothing. None of our opinions should change based on this game. Pogba kind of had a terrible game. Oh, but, terrible game. Worst game of the season. Um, yeah, including that handball that I... When you look at the replay in slow motion, it looks like he's actually just going up to catch the ball. Which, for those of you who are new to the podcast and soccer, you're not allowed to use your hands like that. No, no. He should have gotten a uh, should have gotten a card that matched both his jersey and his hair. Mm, there you go. Yeah. That would be a yellow, yellow card yes. for that by the way just um, some of this hair not not the usual red not the usual red that they wear sorry i, I that, that may have been confusing um <laughs> all right I, there really was I, I really can't take much out of this game james milner takes penalties for liverpool when they earn them and zlatan ibrahimovic will score goals yeah uh coutinho's oh. back so that's nice i think we'll we'll see them get a little better now yep yeah i mean I, you know that 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 melds nicely into our next topic, which I wanted to talk about for at least you know a couple minutes here. Uh, so Andrew and I were having a debate about Taga's perfect eleven, and you know I said that I don't really like the unrestricted just selection of players because I feel like if I just take like the top stars, I will if I was in a group, I would perform better than I would be in the cash part of the game. You know, I would cash more often than not, and I wouldn't have. And that's defeating the objective of having this weekly game, right? Because right. it's supposed you're supposed to play the matchups, but without the restrictions, why would I bother? You know, I'll take the steady eddies instead of the you know try for the flash in the pan. It would be like constantly hitting on sixteen or seventeen for me when the dealer's showing like a six. Right. Sometimes it might work. A, a lot of the times it won't. Right. Uh, and you're lazy. It, well, I, <laughs> I'm I just play kidding. every week. Yeah, I mean, I'm kidding about that one. But but, uh, but but my my point here is that without without the without the I, I think you're I think most people get distracted by the choice that they have and they lose sight of what really matters here, and that's just the probability of players scoring a lot of points. Uh, yes, um, and so as a result, we kind of set up this contest uh, on Taga amongst the two if, of if us. If you yeah, if you'd like to if you'd like to, you know, play along or if you would like to uh just or just anonymously track it even though you're in the game, it's the set it and forget it challenge. You're right. The That's uh, the, the perfect 11 group. Right. The only problem with doing this and I wish maybe if uh, John or anybody from Tog is listening, I, I, it's a bummer to me that you can only set one lineup. Like 
because I'm doing this contest with you, I can't, I have to play this lineup everywhere, which means I'm ignoring all the stars. But anyway, so the background was uh, that. And then I gave Mike uh, 11 guys plus another, is it four or five bench spots that you can use? Um, it's an Six. extra goalkeeper. Six. Six, an extra goalkeeper, two extra defenders and midfielders. Right. And, and then an extra one forward. extra forward. But he's so, only allowed to use them if um, if one of his guys don't start. Um, I'm only allowed to use the guys who I designated as bench players. So let, let, let me right. let me get through my lineup here. Right. All right. So at forward, I started Zlatan and Alexis. This is all Taga scoring, by the way. So I started Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Alexis Sanchez, and I have Sergio Aguero on my bench. Right. Which means that, I'm not allowed. Which means I have to build a lineup each week without any of those guys. That's correct. Uh, as at my midfielder spot, and this is why this is why the conversation before you were saying with Coutinho, I actually took Coutinho to start because I think Coutinho over the long run is going to outperform right. other fielders. So even though in this one he didn't, I think long term, I, I, I have to think long term in this weekly game, quote unquote, which is really the way I sh- I, I, I feel the way it should go. Anyway, uh, Christian Erickson, I have Christian Erickson, Philippe Coutinho, Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard as my starters. And then I have Paul Pogba and Dimitri Payet on the bench. Mm-hmm. And again, those are six midfielders that Andrew now cannot use. Right. And my defenders, I have Marcus Alonso, Danny Rose, Kyle Walker, and Virgil Van Dyke as my starters. And they were dynamite over the weekend, yes. those four. Uh, and then I have Leighton Baines and Laurent Koscielny as my bench defenders. And, of course, uh, even though he's not a star, he's a star to me, and I've been on the train so long that I think Andrew just gave me a pass, and I just wouldn't have participated <laughs> without it. Uh, I have Tom Heaton as my starting goalkeeper, and I have Thibaut Courtois as my right. as my backup. Right. So the goal was basically to see um, – it, it was a two-part goal. One was could I build a lineup that would beat Mike each week without being able to use those guys. That one was much more of a, a, a personal – uh, challenge, but uh, ultimately, it's the, the idea is: could you build consistent lineups? Not necessarily without these guys, but I mean, obviously, the goal is to use some of them and then some some non stars in order to get it, because the stars don't make up the the perfect lineup each week. Um, this week happened to be the an avalanche of guys from Mike's lineup who happen to be in. That being said, Mike, I'm I'm looking at the what the perfect lineup was for this past weekend. How many guys from your team do you think made it? Give me a second. I'm looking at my team. I'm going to say two or three. It was four. Oh, um, so Alexis, Alexis Sanchez made it? No, it was okay. Erickson, Rose, yep. Walker, and Alonzo. Amazingly, four, three of the four defenders from the guy who hates defenders, but... Um, yeah, obviously, I, I, we, we have I, I, found I, I, the one we, format yeah. where you will pay up for defenders. That's how I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, but on the on the other side, like um, because you used Aguero or I'm sorry, because you used Ibrahimovic and Alexis and I mean, Aguero was terrible. But um, so you didn't get Harry Kane's hat trick. That's correct. And I mean, I could have started Abel Hernandez and Peter Crouch and outperformed both of the white guys. I could have because I exactly. Seen it, and and that's cool. Well, Crouch is the Crouch is the other perfect, uh, perfect yeah. 11 guy. But. Um, and then Morales, Barkley, and Coleman were uh, the other guys. Oh, and, and Antonio, obviously. So instead of Payet, it was Antonio. But um, the what made me start thinking further about this is that not only does your strategy, you know, y- you feel like you have a baseline of guys based because, you know, the, there's a reason they're stars. 
but you're also, um, while it's a negative that you are limiting the number of players that you can select, it's also a positive that you're doing that because um, you don't have to think about how many of of which defenders to take. I don't because... have to worry. Yeah, I I I mean, I'm I'm playing the probability that the people who are straying from this core of stars are going to swing and miss more often than they're going to swing and hit. And, and the and reason I, I, and the and reason why that they why they're more likely to swing and miss is because the player universe is so much bigger. That's correct. You're um, burdened by choice. Right. So like I had, I started, you know, obviously the, the team that I picked is not going to be the same that everybody else picks without these stars, but two of my four defenders scored negative points. And that, that's Patrick Van and, Anholt and, and Charlie and, Daniels. And, Gilf, and Gilfie Sigurdsson only scored six. I'm looking at right. your team now. I mean, right. I mean a, a guy, the other guys weren't bad. One of the, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, Olivier Giroud, even scoring the goal only scored 13 and a half points. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these, these are the things that, you know, why would you ever choose in your right mind, Peter Crouch over Olivier Giroud, especially when Giroud is playing Swansea? Well, no I, one I in their right mind's going to do it. I wouldn't even put it that way. I would say who's going to pick Peter Crouch over Zlatan Aguero, two of Zlatan Aguero or Alexis. I mean, right. obviously I, somebody did the, uh, I'm trying to see who the. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure there's someone there because when you're running into big tournaments, you have to do things that stand out in order to become first. Yeah. But, and, but what I'm saying is this, there's going to be so many people who try for that first place spot that I'll take the cat. I'll take the, I'll be the place horse. I don't care. I'll just take the cash. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the guy who scored the most points, um, what is this person? Stomach monkeys. I don't get that one, but, um, started Kane and Alexis. So he did have one of your guys. But, uh, you know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, though, right? of course. It's of like, course. But at, so at the end in, of the day, at the end of the day, it's there's always going to be someone that beats me. But I think that the list of people that lose to me is going to be far longer. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever come in first. That's the way I'll put that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And on that note, we will end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For Andrew, who usually comes in first, I'm Mike Gottlieb, who usually does not. But we'll catch you later on this week when we preview the next game week of the Fantasy Premier League universe. We will catch you next time. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. that by the foot there's no better ride than an old station wagon room for six people facing forward two people facing backward and a whole lot of luggage lumber and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof if you can parallel park that beast you can park anything and with some quality parts and a little napa know-how you can keep your land ship running longer stronger it's not obsolete it's a rare treasure that's napa know-how Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.